Okay, Adonai Rav Shabbos Rabboisai, it's your favorite time of the week. You've been waiting for this all week, for your imponderables on Parshas Yisrael. By the way, um, the manuscript for the upcoming Haggadah has been submitted. If anybody would like to be Meshtatev, I would really appreciate it. I want to share with you some questions. These are Gewaldige questions, amazing questions. Number one. In Perak Yudches, Pasuk Gimel, the Pasuk says, Vayikach Yisroi es tzipayra eishes moshe v'eis shenei vaneha and her two children. And mo- the, then later, it says, Moshe Rabbeinu goes out to greet Yisroi and his children. And then it says, Yisrael says, I've brought to you your wife and her children. Why does there seem to be a custody battle <laughs> regarding the children of Moshe? That Yisrael refers to them as her children, and Moshe says, no, 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 they're my children. I just uh, found that very interesting, and I haven't seen anyone who discusses that, why Yisrael refers to them as Sipira's children, and when in the pasuk that describes Moshe going out to greet them, it says Moshe went out to greet his children. Next, Parakyud Ches pasuk Zayin. It says Vayetze Moshe. Moshe went out to greet his father-in-law. So Rashi says a very big kavod Yisrael was niskabed with at that time, because. Who would see Moshe Rabbeinu go out and not accompany him and not escort him? So here's what I was bothered by. Rashi will only comment if he has a question on the Pasuk. Rashi doesn't just elaborate. Rashi's not here to tell us Midrashim or stories. What was troubling Rashi? That Rashi had the need to comment. A great kavod was... um, was shown to Yisrael at that moment. Good for him. But how is that relevant? Why is it important for Rashi to comment on that? Okay. Next. Yisrael comes to Moshe. And Rashi says Yisrael was not happy. He said, Loi toiv. Rashi says, What did Yisrael see? He saw Moshe sitting like a king and everyone standing up. And uh, he thought it was improper. He thought Moshe Rabbeinu was being mezalzal on the covet of Kal Yisrael. That he was sitting and everyone else was standing. So I don't understand that. That's that's why Yisrael came? That's not what he told his son-in-law. He told his son-in-law, Naval Tibal, you're going to wear out doing this all day. So how could Rashi say that Yisrael's problem was he thought Moshe Rabbeinu was not showing proper respect to Klal Yisrael? But that's not that's definitely not what Yisrael told Moshe. Unless you see from here that if you have a problem with some with something somebody's doing, then and you could get them to change it without telling them why you have a problem with it, maybe that's the better way to go. So in fact, Yisra's problem was he thought Moshe Rabbeinu was mistreating the Jewish people, but maybe Yisra thought that would not be good for that would not be respectful, would not be good for family dynamics or whatever his cheshbon was. So he told Moshe, you know, Naval Tibal, you're gonna wear out. In other words, if you need to change someone's behavior and you could accomplish it by telling the person, you know, this is not good for you, then maybe you don't need to tell them the real reason. 
You don't have to tell them the real reason. You could just uh, tell them you're better off getting somebody to change, explaining it to them that it's not good for them. Okay. Next question. It says, Moshe listened to Koyal Chaisenai, the voice of his father-in-law. So I, for many, many years, I mean, this goes back like 20 years, Rashi in Parshas Vayera says that God told Avraham, Listen in her koil. So Rashi says, listen to her Ruach HaKodesh. So why doesn't Rashi here say listen, that Moshe listened to the Ruach HaKodesh of Yisrael? In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think I've seen in Rishonim or in the Medrash, that the Medrash does comment that Yisroi, that we learned from here, that Yisroi had Ruach HaKodesh. But Rashi doesn't say that over here. And that's very interesting. Now, maybe the reason Rashi doesn't say it is how does Rashi know anything about Ruach HaKodesh in, uh, by Sarah? So there are different ways of understanding what Rashi sources. The Sifsei Chachamim says, that it says, Kol asher toimar elecha sara, it could have said, Shema elecha. Lekoila, bekoila sounds like something else. So, from there Rashi derives Recha Kodesh. That, then, there would be no derivation here that Yisrael had Recha Kodesh. But according to the other perush that the Sifsei Chachamim says, namely, what do you mean listen to her voice, her sound? Koil is like a noise. Listen to her noise, listen to her words. So then here also it would seem that, uh, we're asking, here also it would seem that it should say, listen, uh, Rashi should comment that Yisrael had Ruach HaKodesh. Next. Rashi says in the words, Atem Re'isem Asher Osisi You saw everything I did to Egypt. So I would have interpreted the Pasuk, you saw all the great wonders that I did to Egypt. Look at my power. Look at my might. Of course, you have to listen to me. But Rashi doesn't interpret it that way. Rashi interprets, you know, the Egyptians, they had so many sins. And yet I never punished them until they met up with you and they sinned against you and then I punished them. Why is Rashi emphasizing that? Maybe Hashem was just saying, look at my power. Look at my might. Look at my ability. Isn't that good enough reason why you should listen to me and accept the Torah because of what I did to Egypt in terms of power? Why is Rashi interpreting, look what I did to Egypt, I never punished them until they did. They harmed you. It seems like Rashi is trying to explain how Hashem is trying to motivate the Jewish people to accept the Torah out of love. So it's not enough just to say, look at my mighty acts. But instead Hashem says, look how much I love you. The, the Mitzrayim got away with murder until it affected you, but as soon as they laid their fingers on you, then I didn't tolerate that. So in other words, Hashem was trying to motivate the Jewish people to accept the Torah out of Ahava. Okay, I have a few more bomb questions over here. Rashi says that the Psukim imply that God came to Har Sinai before the Jews got there. Rashi says, this is not 
the normal thing for a Rebbe to do for a Talmud, that the Rebbe should come to the Shir first, and then the Talmidim come. No, that's not Derech Eretz. Normally, the Talmidim should come, and the Rebbe comes when the Rebbe's ready. But God didn't do that. God didn't follow the regular protocol. God showed up first. The question is, but a few Rashi's later, he says that God came to the Jewish people like a chassan who goes out to a kala. Well, if that's the case, then that's the reason why God came first. Because he's trying to be like a chassan who first comes and comes to go out to the kala. Okay, here's another bomb question. On Perak Chav Pasuk Tesvav, V'chal Ha'amrayim, all the people saw. Rashi says, from here we see, there were no blind Yidin. I don't understand. Rashi already said this in the beginning of the parsha in Perak Yotes Pasuk Aleph, Le'enei Kal Ha'am. So we see there were no blind people. Why does Rashi need to derive this twice? So if you say, well, the first time God was te- was saying, I will appear before the eyes of all the people, so the God was saying there won't be blind people, and then Rashi needs to comment that in fact when it happened there weren't. I mean, it, once we derive, once God said that's going to happen, isn't that good enough? Not sure. Then here's another question. In Parak Chaf, Parak Yotes Pasuk Chaf, on Vayered Hashem Al Har Sinai, Rashi says, Vayered Hashem Al Har Sinai, God came on Har Sinai, and then Rashi says, but it says, Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Shamayim. So Rashi says, no, God brought down the heaven, then he spread it out over Har Sinai like a sheet. But I don't understand. The end of the parsha, Rashi asks the same stira. He says, "It says Vayir Hashem Al Sinai, and it says Min Hashamayim." Oh, we have a third per. Uh, says Rashi. Two answers. One answer is his voice came from Shamayim, and his great fire was Baaretz. Davar Acher, he brought down the heaven and he spread it out on the mountain. What do you mean, Davar Acher? This, the second shot of Rashi at the end of the parsha, Rashi already said definitively at the beginning of the Aser Sadebrais. So, these are a number of questions. Um, why does the Torah go back and forth about the ownership of the children of Moshe Rabbeinu? What is bothering Rashi that he had to say that Yisrael was given a great kavod at that moment? The number three, the reason that Yisroi tells Moshe is not the reason that the Torah that that Rashi says he was troubled that Moshe wasn't giving the people honor. Why doesn't Rashi comment that Yisroi had ruach hakodesh like he does about Sarah? Why does Rashi interpret Atem Reisem Asher differently than the Pashup Shat that Rashi interprets it? You saw that I didn't harm the Mitzrim until they harmed you. Why does Rashi give first comment that Hashem acted differently than a Rebbe would to a Talmud, but then soon he says he did it because he was a Chassan? 
why does Rashi two times derive that there were no blind people in um, by Kabbalah Satayra? And why at first does Rashi give only one reason to reconcile whether the, the Torah came from heaven or earth? And in the end, he uh, he gives um, two possible answers. Okay, so those are the questions on this week's parsha, and now we're going to go to tefillah. <laughs>